From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 21st of October 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the upcoming UK leadership election. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories. We would normally have an exclusive section for our Nebula viewers, but as we're going to release an extra episode of Trust Issues, our podcast, which is linked below, we aren't able to do this. We're really sorry about this, but this section will be back next week. But first, the UK leadership election. Yesterday at 1.30pm, Liz Truss resigned as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. It was only her 44th day in office and will now mean that the Conservative Party will go through yet another leadership election to find her successor. When Boris Johnson resigned earlier in the year, the leadership election took place over a number of weeks, with the MPs slowly whittling down the candidates in five MP-only rounds, before the membership decided who they'd prefer out of the two options, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. This leadership election, though, will be different. It'll take place over seven days, with the MPs section of voting happening on a single day, Monday. The deadline for nominations is 2pm. In order to be successful here and progress to the next round, the candidate is required to have 100 nominations. As the Conservatives have 357 MPs currently, a maximum of three candidates can make it through here. If only one candidate makes it through, then they by default win the election and will be the next Prime Minister. If not, then the MPs hold a further vote to knock one of them out. Interestingly, once there are just two candidates, Tory MPs will then have an indicative vote to demonstrate to the wider public which candidate has the support of the MPs. Presumably, this is an attempt to try and prevent a repeat of the Liz Truss Premiership, where she had the support of only the members, as the MPs had backed Sunak. Anyway, once the candidates have been whittled down to two, and it's clear which one has more of a backing from Tory MPs, the Tory party membership will be allowed to cast their vote online about which candidate they prefer. Whichever candidate receives more votes from the membership will be the next Prime Minister. We should know by next Friday who the next Prime Minister will be. As it currently stands, it seems that the three MPs to keep an eye on are the former Chancellor Rishi Sunak, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson and former Leader of the House of Commons Penny Mordaunt. While all three of these are yet to formally declare their candidacy, a number of their Tory MP colleagues have been throwing their weight behind them. Whether it's one of these three or someone else is not yet known. What is known is that the next Prime Minister will have a seriously tough job on their hands. They'll inherit the worst polling numbers for a Tory government since at least the late 1990s. They'll inherit double-digit inflation numbers. They'll inherit a divided party and a country that is screaming out for a general election. So make sure you subscribe to TLDR Daily to keep updated on the new Prime Minister's attempts to resolve these issues. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Italy's likely new Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney, met with Italian President Sergio Mattarella today alongside her coalition allies from Liga and Forza Italia to discuss the formation of a new government, a month after the right-wing bloc won the country's snap general election. It's expected that a Maloney-led government could be sworn in this weekend or next week, despite the coalition's unity being shaken by the remarks of ex-Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi. 
Last week, in a note photographed by the press, 86-year-old Berlusconi described Giorgio Maloney as overbearing, arrogant and offensive. He sparked fresh controversy this week after leaked audio showed him boasting about his friendship with Vladimir Putin, among other things. Berlusconi's close ally in Forza Italia, Antonio Targini, will likely become Italy's next foreign minister. In response, Maloney issued a statement saying her government would be firmly pro-European and pro-NATO. Nevertheless, before the talks with President Mattarella, Maloney said her coalition was ready to give Italy a government that addresses the urgencies and challenges of our time with understanding and competence. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Opposition parties in Venezuela are considering bringing to an end their interim government and abandoning Juan Guaido's claims to be the legitimate leader of the South American country, the Financial Times reports. It would be an admission that the US-backed attempt to oust socialist president Nicolas Maduro has failed after almost four years. The interim government was effectively a shadow administration established by the Venezuelan opposition which accused President Maduro of rigging his re-election in 2018. The opposition majority National Assembly used a constitutional article to declare the assembly leader, Juan Guaido, as the interim and legitimate president of Venezuela. Guaido was recognised as legitimate by more than 50 mostly Western countries, including the US, Canada, UK, the European Union, Brazil and more. But years later, President Maduro is still very much in control, and Guaido isn't. International support for Guaido has waned. The EU stopped legally recognising him as the legitimate head of state in January 2021, although still doesn't recognise Maduro. And recently elected leftist leaders in Latin America have dropped recognition of his government. The end of the Guaido experiment could open the way for the United States to ease sanctions on Venezuela in an attempt to open up the country's vast oil reserves as an alternative supply to oil from Russia. In the last few months, we've seen some huge controversy surrounding Magnus Carlsen, well known as the greatest chess player on earth, and Hans Niemann, the man who beat him. In essence, Niemann has been accused of cheating by Carlsen and the wider chess world. In an attempt to prove this, the website chess.com produced a report claiming that it's likely that Niemann cheated in over 100 online games. Niemann denies this and has today said he'll be suing chess.com for libel. He's seeking $100 million. The lawsuit says that Neiman is taking Chess.com to court to recover from the devastating damages that defendants have inflicted upon his reputation, career and life by egregiously defaming him and unlawfully colluding to blacklist him from the profession to which he has dedicated his life. Chess.com has said there is no merit to Neiman's accusations. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to watch the ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing, that's over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. 
So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.